This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. are tuned in to Offscript with myself Sonal Robbie as well in the studio alongside me and Chris is going to be joining us on the 8th apparently that's something he's been talking about a lot over the December period while we were mostly away uh, just talking about how that band is going to be back together on Monday January the 8th yeah, so we're looking D-Day. forward to it as well it's a big day in the Offscript <laughs> calendar when was the last time we all did a show together I mean, it's been almost a month it's been over a month is yeah, it not or yeah more than a month that's right yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it's, so it's a big chunk of time. Yeah, I'm really looking forward no to it. No one's up to in arms. There aren't any picket fences being put up or anything like that. No one's really mentioned it apart from Chris. It's a big deal for him. Yeah, well, shrug. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for us today as <laughs> yeah. well. So looking forward to uh, it. We'll, we'll be having our annual off script meeting, won't we? <laughs> You know, you know the one that's supposed be, to start at 11am but yeah. always ends up starting at about half past 12 and, and lasts it, about 15 minutes? It always kind of goes the same way as well. The idea is to set out our intentions for the new year, think about how we're going to grow, come up with some new ideas. Never really goes that way, does it? It just kind of eventually devolves into Chris having imaginary conversations with himself <laughs> when he's actually playing two parties of the conversation. Two yes. parties, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of it is he takes a flight of fancy um, and then just goes down a rabbit hole of total lunacy, whereby we know that none of these ideas are going to come to pass. Yeah. But, you know, by by that stage, you know, he's like a, a dog with a bone. Exactly. There's, there's no taking it off him. Basically, five minutes into our annual off-script meeting, Chris will take a detour. We never emerge. We never return. And nothing's decided. <laughs> the end. Everything continues on as it had the year before. That's it. So, yeah, so, so look forward to more of the same <laughs> in 2024. Wish us luck next week when we do have said meeting, but but we'll see how that goes. And uh, Rob, do you have any plans for the weekend? Um, not really. No? <laughs> my, hanging, no. hanging out with the kids? Yeah. Like my, my life is extremely basic and very predictable now. Yeah. You know, talking about the kids, there's been a bit of a landmark that's happened. And you came around excitedly today and you showed me a little photograph, which made me think about a moment that happened earlier this week. I'm, I'm going to have to call you out on this. Uh, are we going to do just annoying Instagram posts, you mean, on like, I you am know. one month today? What's it, that's not even an anniversary. That's yeah. just an arbitrary block of 30 days yeah no i will not be acknowledging it they'll get a first birthday acknowledgement tanya might pop a cheesy photo up there uh-huh, yep. yeah and you won't you won't no that. i certainly wouldn't no no, 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 no no you wouldn't dream of it oh come on so <laughs> so you didn't post it but what did you come around and show me i was me very in the close office? to posting it but now i've heard that i simply cannot post it you should definitely post it no i definitely shouldn't listen no. we don't shy away from being hypocrites on this show you asked me earlier who is the worst hypocrite of the show it took me a second i said you're obviously the worst but we're all pretty bad. <laughs> okay, so, well, so, you know. What, is that supposed to make me feel better? Yeah. I'm obviously the worst, but we're all pretty bad. Isn't that fair, Rog? Wouldn't you agree with that? He's nodding yeah. yes. Yeah, no, I am a horrendous hypocrite. Because what's happened? Well, what's happened is um, we did plan, or at least I might add Tanya planned, a one-month... Now, listen, before you get all... <laughs> it's too you late. Fab- it's have too a late. pop at me. I'm already this, enjoying we're this. We're going to do this every smart. month. Look, we're not going to do this every month. We had a little photo shoot for the babies. Um, you know, we got a photographer around. We took cute pictures, uh-huh. as as I'm sure a lot of new parents do. Yeah, I don't. That that doesn't set us apart from anyone else. No, Sonal. of course it doesn't. Um, it's how we utilise that content now. Uh-huh. And I was just before you reminded me of the <laughs> statements that I made a few days ago. I was finger was poised over the post button on Instagram. I was going to pop up one of the photos, but then I thought I can't because. I mean, that would just, 
You, Nothing you, I would say would carry any validation ever again. It already doesn't. So you absolutely must post that photo of your twins one month birthday. <laughs> because, of course, it's something to celebrate. We all knew you would. The moment you said those words, we all knew that that had uh, no meaning whatsoever and that we would be seeing a one month celebration. And, you know, in fact, you said it's not going to happen every month. We're going to get Gen Z to clip that up as well. So we can have a look at months two, three, four, <laughs> five as we go. And then we'll just have that to you play think I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Chris, who, who is a regular poster yeah. of his daughter's exploits? Yeah, as you should be. Yeah, no, no, no. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But anyways, we're all hypocrites on this show because <laughs> I made a bit of a New Year's resolution this year that you were totally aghast at. You were just not happy with, with what I had to say mm. when you asked me what my intentions were for twenty. Well, that was because you were intent and hell-bent on becoming a ridiculous antisocial hermit. <laughs> um, and you said to the point whereby you said... My intention for 2024 is to be on my own more. Yeah, exactly. To spend more time on my own and to do that as much as possible this year. And I thought... I think I went as far as saying when I'm not working, I want to be alone. Be alone, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which doesn't bode well for Matty. Well, it's okay. Does he count? Is he, he, is he, he can, exempt? He can count sometimes in, in that. Right. It's fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do. When you think about my weekend plans that I have up ahead, I've got a dinner tonight. Inviting friends around for brunch tomorrow, going out to a birthday party tomorrow night, and going on a hike with a bunch of people on Sunday. Yeah, so, so um, I've got zero alone time this weekend. As so we I'm just an absolute discussed. hypocrite. As no, well. you're not a hypocrite. You're just inept at, uh, <laughs> at, at, at uh, you know executing your intentions. I'm so. just really weak, and I have no willpower whatsoever. <laughs> not a hypocrite. I'm yeah. the hypocrite. Rob's a hypocrite. I'm just really, really yeah. weak. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't my idea, by the way. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm passing the buck here. Doesn't matter. It's never your idea, Rob. No. Yeah, never. But let us know. Do you do the one month baby shoe? At what point does it stop? Do you do the two, three, four, five, six, and then kind of? No, you do not. Or do you keep keep going to like month 18? You You do the newborn shoe and that's it. So you think this is going to be the last of its kind? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. You know, you'll (laughs) you'll feel like celebrating once again, maybe around month three. I have a feeling. (laughs) You got to celebrate those little wins, you know. Yeah, it's sure. hard. It's hard going those early few months. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to look forward to revisiting this when this doesn't happen. By the way, okay. Let's see if you remember that. Now, yesterday on the text line, somebody commented about how old we are. You know what? We're going to be making everybody feel old just because we can. We're going to be looking back at some of the things that turned ten years this year. The Offscript Podcast. Let's go. Very nice there. Um, This has all been encouraged or inspired by a message that we got yesterday. Somebody just calling out how old we are, which we wholeheartedly agree to. Uh, And we thought, let's actually make ourselves feel a little bit old and look back at what happened 10 years ago, back in 2014. Any prevailing memories for either of you? Do you remember where you were at in your lives in 2014? Early 30s, I was still playing rugby. Not very well, but I was still playing at least. Mm. I could still actually run without pulling a hamstring. And uh, I I actually had a short film that was shown around various, um, uh, what do you call it, festivals around the... Around the world. What? what? Yeah, it's a little. Do- well, it was a documentary. Model. You had a short <laughs> film. Yeah, that was shown at festivals around the world. Yeah, you made a short film. Yeah, it, it was a documentary. It was a documentary about fifteen minutes long. Okay, about uh, kids' um, robotics project. It was quite nerdy, but it was it was done really nicely, and, and me and the team got it. Shown Why have we never seen this? 
Uh, well, I've just I don't I don't go I don't invite uh, people over to put it on the projector. You don't shout from the rooftops, Raj. <laughs> you <Yeah>. humble. <laughs> Raj is, is a man of mystery. How long have we known him? How long have we worked together every single day? And you just drop that one on us. Yeah, I don't have anything like that. Unfortunately, yeah. you, you've heard all, <laughs> all, yeah, all of my stories have been repeated each. ad infinitum. You're just thoroughly sick of them. I got nothing on that front. <laughs> I went on, to the did, World Cup to ten fair, years ago. You just tell cool. me about the golf monk. That surprised me. That okay. was a new story. <laughs> that was niche, though. Very niche. But right. yeah, um, I went to the World Cup oh. 10 years ago in Brazil. Amazing trip. Um, it was actually a trip uh, that was I was persuaded to join because uh, my best friend was about to become a dad at the mm. time. Um, I was a decade behind him in that respect. Yeah. And uh, he had, he built this, he'd marketed this as his final ever holiday with just the guys that kind of thing you know he's subsequently taken about four every year since then (laughs) (laughs) just one last one but uh yeah we we were hoping to go and see england play they'd already been knocked out by the time we arrived which wasn't great but we did enjoy ourselves yeah you saw christ the uh, redeemer christ the redeemer uh, can you believe uh, that was 10 years ago i cannot believe that was 10 years ago actually it's it's crazy yeah it's crazy yeah. That's mad, isn't it? It really is. When you when you look back at what's happened to your your own life ten, in 10 years. I mean, in fact, share your stories with us. If you do have any memories of 2014, let us know on 4001. And what about you, Sonal, 2014? Ooh, 2014 kicked off an interesting period in my life. It's when I went rogue. I <laughs> wow, I, I, jumped, I jumped out of a very sort of stable job and well-to-do career and right. just had nothing else lined up. And it kicked off sort of two to three years of project-based work but also months in which i had no work and i went traveling and yeah just an interesting time of my life and look where you are were you being a bit of a hippie in 2014 yeah a little bit yeah i thought you were gonna say jumped out of a plane but no (laughs) jumped out of the career (laughs) yeah jumped out of the career which trust me is scarier i think (laughs) it sounds it yeah it was definitely it it was great it was great it was some of the best times of my life um well let's talk about things that were happening in pop culture in 2014 this was one of the biggest films of the year Drax, a.k.a. The Destroyer. Since his wife and family were killed, he's been on a rampage across the galaxy in a search for vengeance. Gamora, soldier, assassin, wanted on over a dozen counts of murder. Rocket, wanted on over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup. What the hell? Root, he's been traveling recently as Rocket's personal houseplant slash muscle. Are you familiar with that film? Never seen it. But you know no. what we're talking about there. Uh, yeah, it's Guardians of the Galaxy, right? It is. It is Guardians of the Galaxy. You, Raj, uh, fan of that film? I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, that looks horrendous. It was then watching so good. It, so much better than the trailer. It the was trailer really didn't do good. It justice. Yeah, it was good. I'm not even that into I don't mind superhero films, but no. I'm not that into them. But I think it's so different from the rest of yep. the Marvel films that you see. It, it's got its unique identity. Definitely. And it changed their approach. That it became much more irreverent, much more, you know, wisecracky and things exactly. like that. Um, yeah, it was... I can't believe that's 10 years old, but yeah. Yeah, that was released on August 14th, 2014. Instant hit at the box office. It grossed over $770 million worldwide. Of course, kicked off three volumes of the series. And of course, they were part of the Avengers as well. Turns out Guardians of the Galaxy is Steven Spielberg's favorite superhero movie. If it's good enough for Steven, it's good enough for us. Right? Fair enough. I mean, Rob's still a skeptic here. Look, it's just never interested me. And I think I've seen snippets of it and just kind of... Mm. It's not really my humor. It's not really my bag. Okay. I don't, I'm, as I say, not really a superhero fan when it comes to the films. That's fair enough. This is what Steven Spielberg said when he was interviewed at Cannes. Um, he said, I really like Richard Donner's Superman, Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight, and the first Iron Man movie, but the superhero movie that impressed me 
was Guardians of the Galaxy. When it ended, I left the cinema with a feeling that I had just experienced something new, free of cynicism and without concern for being gritty when necessary. I like that. That's good. Yeah. That's good, solid, punchy analysis, right? as you would expect from Stephen. Great exactly. Punditry. It was also 2014, roughly around the time of the McConaissance. This film was released November 6, 2014. You're a well-educated man, Coop, and a trained pilot. And an engineer. The world doesn't need any more engineers. We didn't run out of planes and television sets. We ran out of food. Did you guys see Christopher Nolan's Interstellar? I did. I saw it at the cinema. Yeah. No, didn't see it. And it the, was a bit of a last... sensation at the time, but I never watched it. Yeah, it was It was good in the cinema. I haven't watched it since. And But the last film I'd seen with Matthew McConaughey, and he was literally on the poster, leaning against the side of the wall, looking at the lady. You know, he was in those rom-coms exactly too many of those rom-coms and then all of a sudden he shows up in this but I thought this was much older than 2014 I thought that was early 2000 2014 was interstellar it follows the farmer ex-NASA pilot when Earth becomes uninhabitable and mankind needs to find a new planet of course Matthew McConaughey is the star of that show but also this was the same year when this sensational True Detective 1 was released someone once told me that all your love your hate It was all the same thing. It was all a dream. And I watched a lot of dreams. There's a monster at the end of it. Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought we were done with that clip. I watched that very recently. Yes. And it was brilliant. Me too. It was just as good as you guys advertised. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I mean, I think we both watched it in close succession because, um, you know, Chris had been fan. talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And of course... True to my promises, I tick off everything on the off-script list when it is recommended, but just in my own time. And when I watched True Detective, then we couldn't stop banging on about it. We loved it. I think we were both in agreement, though, or in agreement that the ending was just a a little bit disappointing. Just a fraction. I would agree with that. But the the, the season itself was superb. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And, they're in, they're in it, season three now with Jodie Foster. Season four, sorry, yeah. with Jodie Foster. Which yeah. apparently has been a return to form, mm. is what a lot of the critics are saying. And if you have watched True Detective 4, let us know. But everybody's saying that it's really the, the first one to come around that's at, at the same level of quality as that first season with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. So it's still on my watch list. I haven't watched it yet. Also on TV was the very first episode of this. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> you're thinking, wait, you're not... You're not going to really do a comic take on the death penalty, right? It's your second episode. I haven't even decided if I like this show yet. Well, you're right. Don't change the channel. We don't have to talk about the death penalty. But then, of course, he proceeded to talk about the death penalty in the U.S. Of course, last week tonight, it's now into its 10th season, as evidenced by John Oliver's now almost entirely grey head of hair. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of stressful gig. Definitely see well you can see you can see the difference, you know, between when he first started ten years ago, as you could see with anybody, Mm. to to be fair. Um, this was the soundtrack to that year. Yeah, that was Pharrell Williams' take on If You're Happy and You Know It, Clap Your Hands. But I think somehow he came up with something more annoying than the original. That was for the uh, Minions movie as well, which was oh, also a annoying film. Oh, is that why he did it? Yeah. 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 I mean, that was one of those songs that was everywhere. And then it also was a bit of a like a craze where people were making their own videos on yeah. social media, yeah, weren't yeah. they? Absolutely. Oh, I just couldn't stand it. Yeah. I think even at the time, I couldn't stand it. it, it and they, I remember just people hating it, not oh. just can't stand it, like... 
get that song out of the universe. For yeah. Me. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just that's too much. Ten years old. That's, that's crazy, ten years ago. Oh god. Nicki Minaj also released one of the most iconic music videos of the year. My anaconda don't. My anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. Oh my gosh. Definitely a bit of a risque music Certainly video. Was, yeah, what yeah. It, at now you wouldn't think anything Nothing of it. On even, Richard, even, Nothing exactly. <laughs> the risque lyrics of the 1950s. This one is one of the ones that that really made me feel a bit old. Ellen DeGeneres hosted the Oscars, and she decided she wanted to break a record. Um, Meryl, here's my idea. Okay, so you are nominated. It's a record-breaking 18 times, right? So I thought we would try to break another record right now with the most retweets of a photo. So right now, I'm going to take a picture of us, and then we'll see if we can break the record for the most retweets. And then, yeah, you should get in here too, Julia. No, lean lean in. Channing, if you can get in also. Channing, Bradley, will you come in? No, I want you in it. Jennifer, come in also. Brad, get in here. No, I'm doing it. I mean, it was 10 years ago, and can you not not call up the entire image in your mind? Yeah, because you heard Bradley Cooper there. Do you want me to take it? You can, he's right front. Uh, from he's a selfie taker. He he's the one with the big taker. face, sort of yeah. r- along the side. Yeah, and then everybody's kind of squished together. Yeah, and it's got like Brad Pitt in it, Angelina Jolie, Meryl Streep, as you heard there, Jennifer yeah. Lawrence, a whole number, Lupita Nyong'o, Channing a Tatum. bunch of people in that in that photo. And again, ten years ago, but you can still remember it. it if uh, you'd have asked me in a quiz question, I'd have said in the last five years, no way I would have gone yeah. ten years ago. Yeah. It Quite told the ten me. years Ellen's had. Seriously. Yeah, exactly that. What's going on with Ellen these days? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> is she uh, flying under the radar? Perhaps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Bro. I yeah. don't even really. I think yeah, not good. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I what's the story? We don't have Chris here, so honestly, I, I've, I, Do you I don't remember know. Remember what happened? Not really. It basically no. came out that she was just an absolute monster of a boss. She would torment people that worked for her. Workplace. Well, this is allegedly, scandal, yeah. according to the people that worked for her. Yes. It was one of those. Um, you know, just turned out. Was it a fair trial? It, I don't it know. ended up a bit of a pile on it. Felt like. Yeah, I think it? so. Yeah. yeah. Hard to tell. Yeah, hard to tell. But I think tell. she kind of after that has been lying low. Is that fair to say? I haven't seen much fair of her. Fair to say. Yeah. Yep. It totally worked though when it came to the Kevin selfie. Kevin Spacey's photo. in that selfie as well. Yeah, he is. It's been a rocky ten years for that fella. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Things have changed. Brad Pitt as well. Brad Pitt doesn't look a day older no, than when he posed doesn't. for that photo. He does look the, the guy same. just doesn't age. No, but his life changed majorly as well. Yeah, a lot of accusations against him. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. behind I his to... divorce with Angelina Jolie. I'm stepping in in Chris's sort of absence You are, you're here. doing a good job of it as well. <laughs> yeah, so eight months later, that shot actually topped Twitter's list of most tweeted entertainment moments, about 255,000 tweets per minute, more than 3.3 million retweets. So it definitely achieved what she was going after. But as we talk about breaking the internet, when did we first start using that term? Remember it was when Kim Kardashian claimed she would hashtag break the internet as yes. a tease for a big photo shoot that was coming up. Her cover, cover. Yeah. for big, paper big magazine. Big word, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Uh, the one where she basically exposed her derriere to the world. And what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a far too sophisticated word to refer to it as. I'm keeping it classy here on on off script. At least I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Um, But, you know, it was one of those moments where she kind of claimed she would break the internet, break the internet, and they put a couple photos out. I don't know. Fell a bit flat for me, but apparently it worked. Did it break the internet? Did it? It didn't break the internet. I think the internet's fine. So it it clearly didn't break the internet. using it right now. Well, according to um, magazine reports, to put into context the 40 million unique visitors that that um, site got, it was 1% 
percent of all of web traffic in the U.S. So just a bit so significant. Significant. One percent. It's hardly breaking the internet, yeah, is it? It's, it's a ripple. Can you imagine in the to, internet to pond. be able to get one percent of all of the internet searches? Yeah, it's pretty good. Look, I, but I, I don't want to be too effusive. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's a photo of Kim Kardashian's backside. Yeah. Has taken one percent of the traffic. We shouldn't be championing this, so no, we're not. It's, just just it's calling impressive. it back as don't a cultural moment. That's all I'm saying. Um, speaking of the world of celebrity, uh, they did also join hands for a good cause that year because a lot of celebrities participated in the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge all summer long. Oh, God, that annoyed me as and well. a nice cool night. I'm Steven Spielberg, and I'm accepting the Ice Bucket Challenge by Oprah Winfrey, my co-producing partner. Oh, man, that's cold. Oh, thank you. Oh, and this became quickly the most annoying viral trend. It ceased to be about ALS. It was all yeah. about drawing attention to the yeah. to the poster. Yes. Oh, right. As all these things always are, yeah, it started yeah. to become really irritating. Yeah, it, did, it wasn't about ALS in the sense of, yes, people were doing it just to jump on the trend and have yeah. a, be relevant, right? Yeah. But ultimately, they did raise a lot of money for the raised cause. Raised awareness, yeah. And so that's what, raised awareness, raised money, you yeah. know, that's ultimately what's important. As we talk about celebrity news. Got a, got a fun fact for the um, Ice Bucket Challenge, yeah. actually. Uh, Meghan Markle randomly gave Rory McIlroy the Ice Bucket Challenge. Because that was it. Random. You did it how, how and then you nominated somebody. Yeah. She nominated Rory. She, no, no. She poured the bucket of water oh, over oh, Rory's oh, head. Right. Huh. How bizarre how they, is that? How did they know each other? How were they hanging out back then? I have no idea. Isn't I don't know what the strange. context behind that Chris was. Chris would huh. definitely know. He would. Yeah. <laughs> He's I'm, going on about it. I'm but intrigued. That was, that was back when, that. I mean, I'm assuming Meghan Markle had already started appearing in suits by then. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. She was already in suits by then. Um, as we talk about the juiciest bit of celebrity news from that year, 2014, it's got to be this. This is one for me. Like, I, I cannot believe this is 10 years ago because who doesn't no, remember when Beyonce's like sister, Solange, attacked Jay-Z in an elevator at a Met Gala after party? I don't party. remember that. Come on. I don't remember it. I remember it, yeah. It, it was the biggest. CCTV footage of it. It was I, the juiciest celebrity news of the whole year. I wasn't year. aware that ever happened. I swear. Okay, there was this black and white, grainy CCTV footage yeah. from an elevator. Yeah. And in it, you kind of see a Jay-Z Solange start to get into it a bit to the point where she starts hitting him, I think with her handbag or something. Uh, uh, she yeah, even starts kind of kicking him at yeah. one point. Yeah. And he's kind of not really doing anything, obviously, except trying to defend himself. Yeah. Um, you know, the bodyguard apparently slams the brakes on the elevator so that the whole thing can get resolved before they walk out. And Beyonce is just standing coldly, impassively, sort of watching yes. on. That's uh, the oddest thing about the it video. It was the whole that. thing was so odd. And everybody mm. was like, what has happened here? Why is Beyonce's sister attacking her husband? And of course, that was before it became relatively confirmed through both of their albums that Jay-Z had cheated on his wife. Yeah. Now we've got a lot more context. But at the time, nobody knew that. Yep. yep. And so, yeah, it was something something that was definitely raising a lot of eyebrows at the mm. time. Wow. They They stayed together. As a couple, but it was the year that Gwyneth and Chris called it quits, and Paltrow and Chris Martin announced that they were having a quote-unquote conscious uncoupling. Forgot <laughs> about that. <laughs> is that is that what it is? A conscious uncoupling. As opposed to an unconscious coupling. Do you not remember this? Again, this was something that everybody was. I mean, I think vaguely remember the conscious uncoupling thing. Yeah, vaguely. I wasn't really just as I am now. I wasn't really up on my celebrity goss. Yeah. Back then. 
even less so than you are now. I would yeah, say. Yeah, honestly, I swear I can't to God, you missed some of these things. That Solange thing, I, I've never even knew that happened. I will show yeah, you show you the video, and, but yeah, it's one of those things. I'm sure most people out there remember this because yeah. it was absolutely plastered everywhere. It was, it was. Um, and let's last little final one in the world of tech. I want to know who's feeling triggered by this. Any idea why we're playing that little U2 song? I can't believe this was only. 10 years ago I thought this was much further away than, than 10 years you have Apple products yes and in the uh, in the morning when you woke up that on this day whatever it was in 2014 you had an U2 album that had automatically downloaded without you giving any consent without you even searching for it nothing it was just there on your whatever Apple device you were using yeah they, I think that was the year they launched the iPhone 6 and mm. U2's album Songs of Innocence as you said, were automatically uploaded onto every single Apple device. Why? And then apparently it was very difficult to delete as well. So I, you kind of had it whether you wanted it or not. Yeah, I remember what, like going online and trying to find videos in order to tell you how to, to delete it from your devices. Every single device got them. Yeah. It was why, why did it do that? marketing ploy. It was, I don't know. A tie up with you too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bono and... Yeah, maybe you, they thought people would like it and U2 also was trying to revive, again, once again, prove that they were still relevant. I think I think Bono knows that he's wide, like wildly dis, widely disliked. I think he plays up to a little bit of that and yeah. just, you know, happy to play that character. Huh. As well as having a lot of fans. I mean, there are a lot of U2 fans out there. But yeah, it's it was so odd. They, they had been used on an iPod uh, advert one of their songs had been used right. Elevation I think it was so there's obviously a, a bit of history between Apple and U2 but yeah I can't, I can't believe they did that that was 10 I years ago to delete it, you feeling old very yeah well, there very. you go that was the point that was what we were going for today that was the year 2014 <laughs> 10 years ago is when all of that happened the off script podcast now we're turning our attention towards a story that I saw didn't realize you'd already kind of earmarked it for today but i thought rob's gonna love this and of course you're all over it i'm kind of all over it yeah um it's a story that i i clicked on without hesitation intrigued to see how annoyed i would get by it mm-hmm. and the headline reads as follows james bond films to be given trigger warnings in the uk i wonder why that might be Link, say goodbye to felix mm-hmm. uh man talk <laughs> <laughs> That little slap at the end is exactly what you think it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just seeing her yeah. out with a little extra Listen, help. If, if we were to, you know, create a world in which 007 can only exist by today's standards, I think it's fair to say that the first 15 films in the Bond franchise would have to be scrubbed from, you know, Maybe existence. More. Maybe more. You'd certainly have to go back. All the Conneries would be on the scrap yeah. heap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the Roger Moores would probably be on the scrap oh, heap. Yeah. A good couple of the... Well, I think Timothy Dalton only did two, but they'd definitely be gone. Um, George Lazenby, no chance. And you'd even probably be looking at Pierce Brosnan and thinking, hang on a minute, we're a little bit bit behind the times here, even in the 1990s with Goldeneye. A couple of Daniel Craig's latest outings are probably woke enough to survive the cull, but you're probably left with a franchise of about three films (laughs) by the end of it. To be fair, nobody's cancelling them. They're just doing something else. Yeah, look, they are they're, they're following the, uh, the, the the sort of um, template that was set by the books, which were 
to an extent rewritten to edit out quote offensive material um, books uh, obviously written by Ian Fleming the, the James Bond books of which the films are based on although plenty of the films have original scripts and, and don't have a book to go along with them yeah. um, but the books have been subject to a number of updates over the years a lot of the quote unquote racist language has been removed throughout the, no- the novels a lot of the outdated viewpoints have been sort of massaged into a more palatable, Uh more modern day approach. And the uh, British Film Institute is kind of basically doing the same thing, excuse me, with uh, the films. Um, They're slapping a a warning on these films. Um, The film, actually, the two films that have drawn the most attention is You Only Live Twice from 1967 and Goldfinger from 1964, the BFI have added a disclaimer which warn viewers that this, these films contain language, images or other content that reflect views prevalent in its time but will cause offence today. How, who says they'll cause offence today? The offence is in the eye of the offender, surely. Okay, so Just might, as beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> they should have said mm. may cause offence yeah, today. Not but will they say cause. I can watch, I can watch uh, You Only Live Twice from 1967 and appreciate that it was made in 1967, yep. that it was a film about... A, a time period that has no bearing on today's cultural and societal norms. And that's OK. It doesn't need to be. And we can laugh at it. We can look at it and go, OK, some of this is very dated. Some of this is ridiculous. We don't agree with these views. We're all, I think, intelligent enough not to be spoon fed what we should and should not be getting offended Ooh. by. I think it's relatively harmless. It's just a little disclaimer. You know? Yeah, but, you know, it starts with a disclaimer zone. And, you know, with video editing is like these days. Next thing is... They'll have the editors going in there and they'll be tweaking some scenes out. Yeah, that's what will be happening. It starts with a disclaimer. The disclaimer <laughs> is cool, like, Romy, the, yeah. dis- the disclaimer is like, you know, that, that, lo- that first crack of ice in the, in the iceberg that's about to fall off yeah. the, the glacial shelf into the sea. Yeah. The disclaimer is like that first little rock that tumbles. I'm with you in that, like, I don't need a disclaimer to know that there was a cultural context for this that was accepted in its day. Yeah, just look uh, at the year it was which is Which is different from the, the year that we exist in today. If anything, it's nice to be able to see the progress and yep. reflect back on what it was like in those years and still have that exist. I'm totally with you, but... How far back do we have to go? Do history books have to come with a disclaimer, Soane? You know, if we're studying, you know renaissance history if we're looking at the the activities of henry the eighth who we talked about this week where he would just routinely execute wives that he fell out of favor with like do we do we need to put a disclaimer on those books history students please be mindful of the fact that you might be offended by some of the content within these books it's utter nonsense we should raise a society that's able to appreciate things for the time periods that they were and that's how history informs us and teaches us if we start treating these people with kid gloves molly coddling with disclaimers and trigger warnings and all this nonsense what you're doing is you're devaluing and you're actually patronizing people of today you're saying oh you're too sensitive to be able to or, or, or not intelligent enough to be able to figure this out for yourself and it's the first, I'm telling you, it's, it's the first brick in a much more sinister, as we've seen with the Roald Dahl books, a much more sinister practice. Yeah, well, when it comes to the BFI, what they've said is, whilst we have a responsibility to preserve films as close to their contemporaneous accuracy as possible, even where they contain language or depiction, which we categorically reject, 
we also have a responsibility in how we present them to our audiences. So they are kind of claiming that they have a responsibility to maintain the integrity of Why are they the moral of arbiters films? of James Bond films? What do you mean we categorically reject? I, think I don't it, understand that. You know what it is to me? It's them getting on the front foot saying, we know people are going to take issue. We know we're going to get criticism for these. Before we get that criticism and people try to cancel it, let's go out and say, listen, we understand but are we it's really, not considered acceptable. So are we standards? living in a world where the BFI has to come out and say we don't approve of 007's exploits in 1963? That's, yes. that's what I've got an issue with. I do too. The fact they feel obliged to make a statement which is so stupidly obvious and should be, it doesn't need to be made. The fact that we now have to walk this through and actually articulate it speaks to a society that has lost its mind. Well, I mean, I agree with you uh, completely, but the truth is we do live in that world. Well, so what? you can either accept it no, or No, we can rail it. against it. We can absolutely rail against it. And I think the more, the more people who actually vocalise how stupid and insane it is, the more we might actually come to our senses. Yeah, but I Because there are those voices out there. I don't think that we win against this growing tide of people that deem these things to be unacceptable. Therefore, we shouldn't even have them in the pu- public realm. Now, I'm on your page. I think history is history. I think we're all smart enough to be able to know that there were different times prior to the ones that we're in now. And if anything, it's important to be able to see that so that we can reflect on how far we've come. But the reality that we live in today is that you've got all these people who are saying, no, 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 if I don't agree with it and it's not socially acceptable today, I don't even want it to exist. But I think there is a culture war ongoing where it is on a knife edge and these this this faction might end up winning, but might not. And people, normal people, who I believe have a degree of sanity and are reasonable and logical, if they are speaking up and willing to speak up, then they can push back on this insanity and they can stop it from taking over every single educational institution and historical institution and, you know, cultural kind of beacon like the British Film Institute and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, it can be done. Absolutely. And there are plenty of people speaking out against it and, and, and garnering a lot of support for doing so. Yeah. Listen, I agree with you. I'll only defend the BFI to sort of say they're understanding the cultural context in which we're in and saying we're not going to edit this. We're going to tell you that you may find it offensive, but we're not actually going to edit it. We have to maintain the integrity of it. So the disclaimer doesn't totally offend me, but of course, everybody here saying 100% Robbie, Carry On Films took the same path. Initial warning now cut to shreds on UK terrestrial TV. That one's in from Chris. Uh, David said, totally with you on this one, Rob. It's right up there with ripping down statues. It destroys our history, takes away points of reference, and ends up giving us nothing to learn from. I will personally agree on the statue front. I think there are people that have been celebrated in history that maybe uh, don't deserve to be. But Edwin has said, how can we vote Robbie for president? (laughs) Oh, God. Come on. Seriously, Edwin. No, I mean. A little bit extra. Come on. You can agree with the guy. Vote him for president. All right. (laughs) He's going to be going home gloating tonight. Uh, We're clipping that up. Yeah, he absolutely loves that. You should see his face right now. You should see the grin. Thank you, Edward. Well, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's uh, you know, probably a bit above my pay grade. I can't even be president of this show, let alone president of anything else. Can you imagine Robbie as president? I mean, what would happen? 
I, I can't even bear to think. We'll <laughs> contemplate that over the next few minutes. I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about a message that Frank sent in, said, don't agree, Sonal, we need to speak up. I would just like to point out that I completely agree with Rob, as I said multiple times, and that I actually hate cancel culture. I cannot stand this trend. And my point is simply that the BFI understand the climate in which we exist. That was my whole entire point. I don't agree with I know, it but, at all. But wouldn't it be interesting if the BFI rejected, if they themselves as, a, as an important institution, if they decided to make a stand? Sure, they could. And I don't think that would hurt. I don't think that would harm them. I think that would generate plenty of support for them. Yeah. Listen, all I'm saying is... They're bowing is, to the vocal minority uh, is what they're doing. I understand that they're getting ahead of it. They know people are going to come for them. So they're saying, listen, we need to accept these as they are. <sighs> And is it is it okay? Is that the way it should be? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I understand their thought process. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, anyways, people are now are jumping on if Robbie was president. And that's what we've got going on our text line. So, all right, go on then. Um, Fahad said, imagine Robbie having one-on-one um, with tr- Donald Trump <laughs> throwing in his Scottish or Aussie accent discreetly. I don't know what that has to do with you being yeah. president. But um, has also said Friday would be a mandatory golf day. Um, would it? Yeah, it could be for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, only for only for me as president. What's your not, official, not for anyone else? What's your official? Presidential I wouldn't want the decree. golf courses to be crowded. I wouldn't be able to not <laughs> want to get a tea time. So if anything, it would be keeping people off. The yeah, golf exactly. I would actually ban everyone else if three I three people you wanted there. <laughs> yeah, That's a good exactly. point. Yeah. What's your uh, official presidential decree that our listeners are calling for? You're president. You're elected. What's the first thing you what? do? So I don't know the the world. Right. I think you're the president of everybody that listens to this show. It would be nice if everyone kind of re you know reapplied themselves or not reapplied themselves, but it would be nice if everyone received an education on the natural world. Ah, oh, that's quite nice actually. But you know, it's it's un- it's unrealistic, isn't it? What? You're not going to give someone who lives in in a city, uh, you know, of some built-up area an education on what's going on in the natural world. But it'd be nice if people just were exposed to that a bit more. Yeah. I mean, we do all learn about animals in the natural world in school, but you mean something more immersive. Yeah, like, I think we've we've kind of really taken our... You know, like obviously this, this dates back to our first guest of the show, whose name I can't even remember now, which is awful because <laughs> my memory is so bad. Are you talking about Charles Foster from Charles a couple of days Foster, ago? Charles Foster, yeah. He was fantastic. One of my favourite guests. Him talking about how he rewilded himself yep. and, you know, started to become more in tune with the woodland and like the, nat- the, the natural places and stuff. Um, and he was saying that what what actually we're we're, we're doing is actually very unusual uh-huh. in in taking ourselves out of nature. We've we've kind of removed ourselves from that whole world, and that's actually quite unnatural. So as I I, I would want people to <laughs> to kind of dive back into that. Okay, so you know? for all of you calling for Robbie for president, I want you to know that he wants you to live as a badger for six <laughs> weeks, just like our guest Charles Foster. No. Okay, there you go. You wanted it. That's what you get. The Offscript Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.